0: Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes On, a podcast from the Joint Public Issues Team. And I'm joined today by Steve Hucklesby. Hi. And we are reflecting on the news that we heard this morning that Russia have invaded Ukraine. And so, Steve, I wonder if you could just first give us a bit of a background. Where where does this conflict come
1: from? Well, we can go back to the Maiden Square protests um, that people will remember from 2000 and. 13 and that led to the um then president being deposed uh, that president was perceived to be a a president who leaned towards russia and so that set up a number of grievances within the country and certainly with um, Russia uh, as well. Then we come to 2014 and you've got Russian separatists invading the country from Russia and taking over parts of the regions of Donbass and Luhansk. Uh, and those regions are now divided And sadly, there have been 14,000 deaths since 2014 as a result of this conflict. So this conflict is not new. But what has happened now, sadly, is that President Putin has taken this to an entirely different level. The invasion, the occupation uh, of the country has led to deaths. It will lead to many more, unless something unexpected happens and there is some constraint, then sadly, this will be a very bloody and devastating conflict.
0: I mean, obviously, we're, we're at the beginning of this military action. I mean, we've, we've heard on the news about the build-up of troops, and we've heard about diplomacy, and we are at that stage where things could change rapidly. I mean, have you any sense of what you feel might happen in the region? It's really
1: difficult to see it. The problem is, once a conflict like this starts, it's really difficult to stop it. It's like a boulder rolling down the hill. And so, there needs to be a response from the entire world community. There has been, in terms of this, uh, speeches made, because this is clearly an act of uh, aggression. It's what the United Nations is set up to to try to prevent. So the United Nations Charter clearly bars an intervention into a neighboring state. That's its core purpose. And in that sense, what President Putin has done is he's endangered not only Ukraine, um, but all of us and the whole security
0: architecture on which we have relied to date. And, and much of the response that some of the world leaders have been, the, we've heard talks of sanctions and we've heard an argument that there's been sanctions threatened and there's more to come. I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel that how that might play out into into the initial stages of this conflict?
1: It's so difficult to predict. Um, Putin has got a, um, a substantial foreign currency reserves Russia will be able to withstand really tough punitive sanctions in the short term. Uh, How that pans out in the longer term, I'm not sure. Um, uh, Sanctions are an obvious response. It impresses on President Putin that he can't get away with an act like this um, with impunity. Uh, But quite where this is going to end up at this stage,
0: I really would not wish wish to predict i think that we we recognize don't we that we're sat here talking at a situation and it may be by the time somebody listens to this you know things have moved on significantly so if people want to keep sort of abreast of what's happening and the developments where where would you point people to go and and learn what's going on and, and get that insight that would help them understand a bit more Well, I think that we'll get that through
1: the news reports. I always like to look behind the news to try and understand the way in which people in the region are um, thinking about a conflict. Um, So that's not only people in Ukraine, but people in Russia as well. There are concerns that Russia has um, regarding uh, military forces in Eastern Europe on its borders we have to listen to those concerns. There has to be a dialogue. The difficulty is that at the moment, while the bombs are raining down, the possibility of dialogue is somewhat reduced. So people can get information, I think, from a variety of resources and we will certainly from the Joint Public Issues team be providing briefings and updates here
0: as well. So, um, I mean, obviously, One of the podcasts that we have as a joint public issues team is Politics in the Pulpit, where we try and help people that are leading worship sort of reflect on what's going on in the world. And if I was to say to you, Steve, I'm leading worship on Sunday, you know, I've I've got a few ideas from the lecture readings and I've got my sermon prepared and all the rest of it, but actually this has happened. What do you feel I should be bringing into that act of worship in terms of what's going on in Ukraine? It's obviously a time to reflect on peace and what
1: peace means for us. Um, from within the Methodist Church, we share with the Baptist Union and with United Reformed Church a report, Peacemaking a Christian Vacation, which emphasizes that peacemaking is not something that you do in a time of conflict or wars. Peacemaking is a Christian calling to each of us to work out in our lives as we feel called and inspired through prayer When you then look at the international situation and you see a conflict like this, it impresses on us that there's still more work to be done there. We have not managed to embed a culture of peace, a culture of dialogue, a culture of non-violence in the way in which states deal with each other in the international system. Uh, We've got a lot more work to do there. Um, And I think that our churches, I believe our churches should be working on that intensively every day, every week, uh, every year to uh, improve the way in which the uh, UK, as, as an influential
0: power, and other states work together on areas of conflict. And I think that reflecting on, on peace is something that we're you know you're saying we're called to do anyway, and maybe actually that's a really good time to just reflect on it this Sunday, but obviously also is something that's important for us to reflect on in, in, in worship in the future as well. What about you know? What about when we come to pray? What should we be praying for in situations like this? Well, let's pray for our leaders,
1: not only our leaders, our skilled diplomats. We don't have UK armed forces involved in this conflict at the moment, and it's my sincere hope that that doesn't evolve into to involvement of UK forces, but we can remember um, those serving in forces as as well. Primarily, we need wise heads uh, in governments in in our foreign office uh, working with other states to try and get a resolution of
0: this conflict as quickly as possible. So on Sunday, as we lead worship or as we go to worship or if we are leading prayer groups or whatever, we have, we have things there, there to pray for. I know this is probably a really hard question, but have you any sense of where there is any real hope of a peaceful solution coming from? Um, it's, it's very
1: difficult, isn't it? I think at the end of the day, um, this is a politically inspired conflict. Um, this is a conflict ordered by the government of President Putin, and is, there is no doubt been some belligerence, maybe uh, on the part of uh, politicians in other countries uh, in failing to resolve this. This is not a conflict between peoples. This is not a conflict between Ukrainians and Russians, and that would be my hope. Uh, that The people um, either side of the border, certainly the people in Ukraine at the moment, are not wanting war. The people of Luhansk and Donbass, which have been fought over, they are not wanting conflict. So, I mean, that would be my hope, uh, that people will be able to get through, eventually, to belligerent leaders and say,
0: not in our name. Steve, thanks so much. And uh, just to say that we recognise that we are reflecting on something that has just happened today. And as it develops and unfolds, obviously, we hope for a peaceful end to the, the military action. But actually, to just to remind people that we'll continue to reflect on this and, uh, and to check back and, and see where we are in the weeks to come. But we thank you for listening to 10 Minutes on the Ukraine with Steve Hugginsburg. Thanks very much. Thank you.